At University of Virginia Health System, we're for sharing the latest health information from top minds to keep you and your family healthy. With UVA Health System Radio, here's Melanie Cole. Interstitial lung disease causes scarring of the lungs and can be a lifelong chronic health concern. My guest today is Dr. Borna Mayrod. He's board-certified physician in pulmonary medicine and critical care medicine, whose specialties include interstitial lung disease. Welcome to the show, Dr. Mayrod. What is interstitial lung disease? Hello. Um, interstitial lung diseases, it's, uh, it's really not one disease. It's, uh, the best way to think of it is as a category of illnesses. There are perhaps 200 illnesses that fall under this umbrella term of interstitial lung disease. The all of these, what they have in common is various degrees of fibrosis, scarring, uh, and inflammation in the lungs. And because um, uh, there are sort of a large number of illnesses that fall under this category, um, um, it's very important to identify which specific one a given patient has because the treatment and outcome and so on of the illnesses are quite different. So what are some of the risk factors and symptoms and potential causes of these diseases? Okay. So the most common of these, the one that um, um, sort of has the uh, most press, is an illness called, called um, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. Um, IPF is an illness of unknown cause that uh, results in um, a scarring of the lungs. And it is uh, associated uh, with, um, it, it is, uh, smokers are overrepresented in patients with idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. Now, this is often remote history of smoking. Um, in addition, there are increasing numbers of uh, um, genetic conditions that are uh, um, uh, being discovered among patients with uh, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. However, many patients that are initially labeled as idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, in other words, they're labeled as this person has uh, pulmonary fibrosis and we don't know the cause, once you look into the illness uh, in a lot of detail um, and uh, assess it, you find an identifiable cause for the interstitial lung disease. I'll give you some examples of that. So um, there is a condition called hypersensitivity pneumonitis, a bit of a mouthful. This is a condition where the body's immune system makes a, a, um, uh, the immune system that's meant to be fighting off infections um, makes the error and attacks inhaled substances that it should be ignoring. And as a byproduct of this attack, results in inflammation and scarring of the lung. This is very common in our practice. We see um, people who have had exposures, even low-level and day-to-day exposures, to things like mold in their environment or agricultural, um, um, agricultural environments or birds, you know, pet birds. And as a result of this, they develop lung inflammation and scarring that is often mistaken for idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. This is a really important distinction, though, because both the outcome and the treatment of hypersensitivity pneumonitis and IPF are very different. Another example of an illness that um, can um, uh, cause interstitial lung disease and be mistaken for IPF are autoimmune diseases. So the most famous of these are illnesses like lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. These are illnesses where the immune system actually attacks parts of the body by mistake. Um, these illnesses can 
affect many organs in the body, but almost all of them affect the lung. And in our practice, we often see patients who, um, uh, whose lung symptoms predominate over their other problems. So they may or may not have skin problems or joint problems, but when they're really short of breath and progressively short of breath, that's the thing that brings them to the doctor. And when we look into it in detail, we find that, in fact, instead of having, for example, ITF, they have one of these autoimmune diseases. Again, the illnesses that the treatment and prognosis are, are very different uh, and really quite a bit better than, uh, than ITF. So what symptoms would someone notice? People cough or they think it's bronchitis. These symptoms can be nonspecific. What would send them to see you? You know, the... Um, uh, Lung only has one of a few ways of letting you know that something is wrong. And um, uh, the most common uh, complaint is progressive uh, shortness of breath. So the person is uh, short of breath. They notice that, you know, carrying the groceries in from the car or going up a flight of stairs, they get more short of breath than they used to be. And this is something that slowly progresses over time. So now compared to six months ago, compared to a year ago, they're more short of breath. As you said, cough is also a symptom, although this progressive shortness of breath is a very, um, uh, the most common thing that we see. Um, most patients who have shortness of breath in this way initially go to their, you know, general doctor, and uh, often they get a chest x-ray and so on. And often patients with interstitial lung disease are initially thought to have something else. So it's not rare for our patients to have initially been treated for other more common lung diseases, such as asthma or COPD. Um, and then after some um, period of time when their symptoms, symptoms don't resolve, often months um, pass, and then eventually um, they get referred on when the diagnosis is made. So then what are some treatment options that are available? Medications, oxygen therapy, do we do pulmonary rehab using spirometer? What do they do for interstitial lung disease? So um, the first thing when we see a patient with interstitial lung disease, we want to really work hard to uh, um, identify the cause. As part of identifying the cause, we um, uh, do, um, as you said, spirometry that assesses the severity of the illness and uh, CT scans, and depending on what we and a bunch of blood tests, and depending on what we find, that kind of guides further workup as to the cause, as to what's the underlying etiology. But your question is about treatment. Well, the um, couple of things in pulmonary medicine have been clearly shown to, prov- uh, to prolong life um, uh, reg- in people with significant lung disease, regardless of the actual um, uh, cause of the uh, uh, severe lung disease. The first is anybody who, st- who smokes has to stop smoking. Stopping smoking definitely prolongs life. The second is that we want to make sure that people are up to date on their vaccinations because people who have severe lung disease are more predisposed to more severe respiratory infections. And if they get those, they will do badly. And so we want to make sure that we reduce the likelihood of those by making sure that they have had their flu and pneumonia shots. The third uh, issue, which is a very important issue, is oxygen. So um, um, in people, we basically, um, the, the way we measure um, oxygen is using a machine called a pulse oximeter. And this measures the oxygen as a percent saturation of hemoglobin. And normal saturation is above, is above 95%. And excellent data show that the, the longer a person st- spends
to live. So we want to make sure that we're going to um, give patients who have saturations below 88% however much oxygen they need to make them stay above 88 the whole time. So these are uh, generic treatments, not specific for interstitial lung disease, but they're extremely important treatments because they prolong life. Now, depending on the specific cause of the illness, what is the cause of the interstitial lung disease, we want to attack the underlying um, process. And that depends, as I say, very much on what they have. For many of these illnesses, the hypersensitivity pneumonitis um, that I mentioned, for example, um, identifying the environmental exposure that caused the illness is very important because we want to avoid that. For these immunological illnesses, such as uh, autoimmune diseases and hypersensitivity pneumonitis, immune weakening medicines often have a role. And most important, I mean, very famously recent in the, in the recent, in the past year, two new drugs were approved by the um, uh, FDA for the treatment of idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. The, this, uh, these drugs were really have transformed the landscape of how these patients are treated. And uh, University of Virginia was a center for testing one of these drugs, perfenadone. Uh, uh, and so in the appropriate person, in the person who has idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis and not one of these other um, etiologies, um, treating the underlying disease with um, um, one of these drugs um, is, uh, is, is an excellent choice because it slows the pro progression uh, of the illness. In just the last minute, Dr. Mayrod, why should someone come to UVA pulmonary and respiratory for their treatment and your best advice about someone who's suffering with lung disease? Yeah, I mean, what we offer is, you know, word experience. Um, uh, so, you know, these illnesses are not a common part of the practice of a general pulmonary doctor, um, even excellent pulmonary doctors. Um, we have three physicians that all we do um, is uh, see people with interstitial lung disease. So our volume of patients is very large, and necessarily our experience in dealing with them is very large. The second reason is that we have a multidisciplinary team of lung doctors, radiologists, pathologists, um, and a number of ancillary um, uh, services that we put our heads together and provide the best um, 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 information about um, what the person has and uh, to try to help them. And lastly, research. You know, we're an um, active center in research in these diseases, trying to find new treatments um, to try to help patients. And patients have the opportunity to get enrolled in clinical trials, contributing to new knowledge about their illness. Thank you. It's such great and very important information. You're listening to UVA Health Systems Radio. For more information, you can go to uvahealth.com. That's uvahealth.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.